So I, uh, I got this email this week, and uh, since it was addressed to all of us, I, I printed it out, and I'd like to share it here, if that's okay. Um, <clears throat> Dear Church of the Savior, I noticed your website address, Friends of the Savior, and I liked that. I'm, I'm a friend of the Savior, too, so I thought we'd probably get along, and I'm sure we know some of the same people. And then I saw you were doing a special day about the Holy Spirit, and I thought I'd come. My name's the Holy Spirit. And unless you helped translate the King James Bible 400 years ago, I'd rather you not call me Holy Ghost. It makes people think I'm something out of Scooby-Doo. But there might be one small advantage to that word ghost. It reminds people that I'm invisible. And I like being behind the scenes. I don't want people to see me. I want people to see Jesus, the visible image of God. He's the star of the show, and I'm very happy to be up in the AV booth shining the spotlight on him. Now, some people get a little afraid of me. Maybe, maybe you are. Uh, one reason people get scared of me is they have suffered from others who had this blasphemous habit of saying, the Spirit led me to do this, or the Spirit led me to do that, when I did no such thing. I am the Holy Spirit, not the Holy Stupid. <laughs> but I wouldn't want you to lose all fear of me. There's a healthy fear of God, and the fact is, I cannot be controlled or manipulated. Yes, I can be a gentle breeze, but I can also be a gale-force wind. The power of God is fearsome and can never be stuffed in a box. Annie Dillard got it right when she said that in church, ushers should be passing out life jackets and lashing us to our pews. One thing I would like to clear up right away, I'm not some impersonal energy field like the force in Star Wars. I'm, I'm a person. I'm personal. So you, you don't learn how to control me. You get to know me. You know, I have feelings. You can grieve me if you give in to bitterness or rage or, or put-downs, but I also feel joy. I feel Jesus with joy. Maybe you've read Jesus was filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit. And I'm happy to share my joy with you. That's why Paul wrote, the kingdom of God is not about what we eat or drink, it's about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, there is one last misconception about me I'd like to clear up. I am not now, nor have I ever been, a distant third member of the Trinity, an add-on or an afterthought. Which is why the early Christians said in the Creed of St. Athanasius, the Father is God, the Son is God, and the Holy Ghost is God. And yet, they are not three gods, but one God. Just like the Father and the Son, I'm not created. I've always been living. With the Father and Son, I'm equal in glory, equal in majesty, just as incomprehensible, just as eternal, and just as powerful. Now, in our, in our life, the Father, Son, and I experience constant love and a yielding of the right of way to each other. And our hearts and wills are one. 
So nobody's greater or less. We don't, we don't compare ourselves to each other like that. But if it helps you to better understand me, it is totally true that there's nothing the Father can do that I can't do. As the same creed says, the Father is almighty, the Son is almighty, and the Holy Spirit almighty. I am God. You can worship me. You can pray to me. You can get to know me. And I hope you will. Many Christians are glad to get to know the Father better and glad to get to know Jesus better, but they hesitate with me. But the bottom line is, if you love Jesus, you'll love me. Jesus was the one who told you, it's best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the Holy Spirit won't come, but if I do go away, then I will send him to you. You know, there's so much I would love to give you. So much I want to help you with. But since I am the spirit who inspires preachers, I will mention three and only three. (laughs) See which of these you most need tonight. First, do you need wisdom? Is there a situation in your life where you need wisdom? Well, I'm the spirit of wisdom and knowledge. One of my favorite jobs is being a teacher. As the Apostle John said to the early Christians, I'm writing these things to warn you about those who want to lead you astray, but you've received the Holy Spirit and he lives within you, so you don't need anyone to teach you what's true, for the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know, and what he teaches is true. It's not a lie. So just as he has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. I love truth. I love leading people into truth. I like people who are committed to truth. But I have a commitment. I never write my own material. Jesus said of me, when the spirit of truth comes, he'll guide you into all truth, but he will not speak on his own. He will tell you what he's heard. He'll bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. Are you needing direction? I'm like a high-beam headlight. Are you needing guidance? I'm like a referee flagging when you step out of bounds. Jesus promised that his followers would recognize his voice and come to him. And over time, and especially as you soak in the scriptures, you will come to recognize the voice of Jesus. All I will ever speak to you is that. Sometimes I do speak audibly. But most of the time, I speak like I did to the prophet Elijah when he was discouraged and scared. I spoke to him in the sound of a gentle whisper, quiet voice. I speak to you like I spoke to to Martin Luther, who, like Peter, was sometimes wrong, but toweringly great. He said about listening in prayer, the Holy Spirit preaches here. Many times he said, I've learned more from one prayer than I might have learned from much reading and speculation. You need wisdom right now? I'm here. As James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. 
Or maybe tonight you don't so much need wisdom as you need patience with people in your life. Better relationships. What if I shared with you the very character of God? The qualities that are so evident in Jesus Christ who has unlimited patience. I would love to grow inside of you my qualities, just like peaches grow on the branches of a tree. Qualities like gentleness, kindness. As my friend Eugene Peterson put it, I was going to say the late Eugene Peterson because you probably think of him that way, but, but I don't. Gene is just as alive to me as ever. In fact, more so. But here's how he described the kind of qualities I'd be happy to develop in you. Affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity, a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. You would find yourself involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force your way in life, able to marshal and direct your energies wisely. Aren't those wonderful? Won't your closest friends and loved ones be blessed as those qualities become more prominent in your life? Maybe right now in your relationship, somebody is causing you great difficulty, distress. And they don't seem to want to change. Do you need endurance to accept things that are not changing and might never? Endurance is actually one of my specialties, you know. The old-timers called it long-suffering. When you run out of gas, I can fill your tank. And it's not $5.49 a gallon, it's free. <laughs> Maybe right now, the person who's most difficult for you is right here in this church. I'd love to help you with that. Didn't Paul put it well when he wrote, for we know how dearly God loves us, because he's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. That's love you don't have, but love that's available for you. And it's right here in the friction of the faithful where you will get to know me more. So keep on hanging out with other Christians. I am always connected with the church. That's why the creed says, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church. I don't understand this idea that somehow got started in your country in the past 40 years that goes like this. I can be a Christian and not go to church. Or even, I can be a better Christian by not going to church. I always live in the community of Christians, so if you want to find the Spirit of God, that's where I'll be. Now, I know it can be painful to be around other Christians who are so often annoying and or just plain wrong, but that's why I shed abroad the love of God in your heart so you can forgive that person like God does and even see the good in them. And maybe you'll gradually come to see that you yourself can be annoying too. Just saying. <laughs> that's part of what I do too. I convict people of sin. But that's another email for another day. Finally, maybe tonight how I can help you the most is not with wisdom or help with your relationships, but with courage. Courage. 
the courage to keep going and to love and to serve in this broken and unjust world. The problems are so complex. The evil is deep. The heartbreak is real. You need me. When Jesus started his work, I was there anointing him for this. As he said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You know, for at least 700 years, Christians have been singing a hymn called Come, Holy Spirit, which includes this wonderful line, Come, Father of the Poor. I like being called Father of the Poor, for I have a special mission to draw near to the poor and the brokenhearted, to inject hope, to give peace, to elevate those who've been cast out and cast down, to break the rod of their oppressors. You know, one of the most radical things I do is I level the playing field. I live inside and I empower people on the bottom, people on the outside, the mom trudging to the currency exchange to take out a payday loan. Have you not read in the last days, God said he will pour out my spirit on all people? Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams, even on my servants, both men and women. I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Whenever I see a system that is unjust, excluding people and keeping them down, I inspire prophets. The creed says, I've spoken through the prophets and I have and I do and I will. I give words to people who live the truth and speak the truth no matter how painful the cost, the ones that others wish would just shut up. And here's what else I do. Jesus said I would tell you about the future. And I do. I give people a picture of the future that God is bringing about. And then the grace to pray and work so that that kingdom comes on earth just as it is in heaven. It was that picture that kept going Martin Luther King, Nelson Mandela, and continues to inspire people close at hand like the people at Outreach and in World Relief and countless other Christians who day by day dare to believe the picture of the future I give them is possible even as they wade into the mess in front of them. When the people of Israel had been stripped of their country and forced into exile, they lost all hope. They lay like bones bleached out in the pitiless Middle Eastern sun. But I told Elijah, call on me, and he did. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. And up they stood, a great army. In this world, you will often face decay and death. But never forget that I am the Lord, the giver of life. When the world was formless and void, I hovered over it helping bring light, so many amazing creatures, and man and woman. And when the world had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, I was there too. It was by my power that the Son became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made human. Friends of the Savior, I write to encourage you. I would love to give you wisdom, help with relationships, 
courage, and so much more. I can enable you to do things you could never do on your own. Even healing, staying in a hard relationship, maybe joining God in what he's calling you to, though it means moving from what you know. I can give you grace to pray and the prayers to keep on praying. Wherever I send you, know that I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Yours truly, the Holy Spirit. When I got that email this week, (laughs) I thought, I just wonder what it is you most need from the Spirit of the living God right now. We're just going to take a moment of silence and just pray about that. Think about that. Anybody want to pray that great ancient prayer, come Holy Spirit.